Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. High Noon continues now on 590 The Fan. Welcome back, 1.33, taking you up till 2 p.m. Uh, Cole and Joe today on cover two into Hockey Sense. I would guess uh, Strick will be breaking down the Tarasenko deal, one-year contract he signed with the Ottawa Senators. Who, who would have ever predicted that Vladimir Tarasenko in free agency would only be able to get a one-year deal in free agency, but... Uh, with the salary cap situation with the uh, NHL only going up like a million dollars, 82 and a half, you're seeing a lot of good players just uh, have to basically get a one-year deal and hope that they have a good season, and we'll see what happens to Tarasenko. But going to Ottawa, so he will be playing with Brady Kachuk and uh, the kid that they just brought over from um, uh, Arizona. So they got uh, – They've got uh, an interesting team. They made a late push for the playoffs, did not have, uh, make it in the Eastern Conference, but I think Ottawa's going to be a pretty good team if they can keep the band together. Tarasenko should help their offense for sure. All right, uh, we're going to talk some soccer. Jake Koenig, Justin Graham, Ball Watching uh, a City podcast at Ball Watching STL. Fellas, uh, you look pretty good. You went to the game last night, and you had all-inclusive seats. I don't sense that anybody's – too hungover this morning, so well done. Uh, I'm definitely hungover still. Okay, but, yeah, you are. <laughs> just put on a good face. Yeah, no. Uh, do you want to give a quick shout out to Lexi Rogers, uh, sales rep over at City, one of our good friends? She hooked it up for us. It was awesome. We sat on the field, met some of the guys before, some after. So brought my cousin Drew, told a couple of friends that we need to get back down there. Called Lexi today. They don't have any open tickets for the rest of the season for That's inclusive. It. It's it. No, and if you want to get a suite up top, it's eight to ten years of like buying them, and then nothing left for regular season. Maybe some for the playoffs, but yeah, I told my buddies Bauer and Kevin like we got to get to this. No, no chance. <laughs> it, it, you were so close to the field. I mean, you were on the field. You were so close to the bench. I felt like I was kind of available for selection. <laughs> it, it, if the coach needed s- some minutes, we were on the Club America side, so we definitely would have helped City's case. But <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 it was unreal. Those seats were incredible. If you if you looked at Jake, it looked like he was playing the way he was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was hot last night. It was a little toasty. I did not envy the players. Yeah, I mean, they had the hydration breaks halfway between both halves, and it was so sticky. You're just walking through a sauna out there. They showed the guys walking off at halftime, and I mean, there wasn't. They were just drenched. I mean, I would imagine even the guys who were on the sideline weren't weren't even playing were drinking. It was just hot. Yeah. It had, I don't know. I would love to know how it was to acclimatize for Club America because they play in Mexico City 
and they're at altitude, so I don't think it can get that hot when you're at that level of altitude. Because I remember our national team always struggles going there because it's, it's it's higher than Denver, I'm pretty sure, in terms of like elevation. So I, I'm sure they had a fun time playing in this heat. Of course, it's the hottest couple days we've had in St. Louis. It's miserable out there. Yeah. Like, gross. Well, it's St. Louis, yeah, you know? Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> Got to put up with it. So th- tell me about this Club America team, <laughs> which, by the way, you know, I – I, I enjoyed the broadcast last night, but I also said at the beginning, I don't know how I feel about Americans like putting on this uh, accent to try to uh, get the foreign names completely correct from a pronunciation standpoint. I mean, Jake's Jake's pretty good at it. I go into these things and I'm just like uh, Her- Gerardo Fidalgo, and I don't know for sure. And then Jake's putting like a little twist on it at the end, like Group America, and I, I just can't do it. Yeah, there's definitely a difference in the people that try to know and the people that just don't know, but they sound like they they try and it's just not working for them. But Club America is <laughs> one of the we were talking before the show. I mean, one of the most history, I'd say, soccer teams in North America. In just terms of, they play in Liga MX, which is the MLS equivalent in Mexico. It's their top tier. There's 18 teams that play in that league versus the 29 now, soon to be 30 that are in the MLS. So smaller, and they break their season up into two chunks. They go from uh, J- July to December, and they go from January to May. It's like two halves mm. of a season, and there's a little bit of a two-month break in there. But this is one of the most history teams in that league, and I'd say North American in terms of value and how much this squad is worth. I mean, you saw it last night, how good they were and how just cohesive and quality these players were. Every one of those guys would be a huge asset to have on our teams, and they're starting 11 at least. I mean, they're one. I think the, I, I saw a stat they're the most valuable franchise soccer in North America in terms of player value. So it, it's it's a big – we're talking a chasm in terms of how we've built our team and how they built their team. They're just – it's very, very different. So we were hoping that we could shock the world last night and, and see if we could apply some of that magic that we've had in the MLS season so far this year. But it wasn't to be. That that team is just – I would say at this point, you know, Carnell said it in the postgame, miles you know ahead in terms of just tenure, age, professional experience, so much more quality, I, I think, at this point. I, I wasn't even bummed because they were just – that much better. They were kind of lucky to go into half 1-0. Yep. I mean, that's their attack was really impressive. And I think with uh, uh, the midfield, Vasilev and uh, Leuven, when they're forced to play that much of a defensive game, that really takes away from what City's best asset is, is what's using those guys to set up the attack. And they just could not get any sustained offense going. No, we definitely didn't have much of an offense going at all. And also kind of tough without Blum. I know he's been struggling a little bit with the heat and all of that, but missing him to really hold down that defense, I mean, it kind of left us a little bit exposed. Like Parker and Yarrow trying to keep up with like Kiona's and some of these fast guys. Like you could just see it. They were just pinging around us. I think the first goal, um, he spun right off of Parker, and Parker looked around like, where did he go? It was like a blink and he's gone. These guys were quick and it was. We just didn't have it. I think at some point when they would have control of the ball, they would have upwards of 20 touches. And it just felt like you were kind of chasing uh, chasing the, the game. And in, in heat like that and knowing their speed and their ability to quick strike, it just it got out of hand pretty quick there in the yeah. second half on, on City. It was. They, they just looked – so I feel like our bread and butter is being able to play teams – and force them into errors or loose touches and passes, and we jump on those and press them into making those types of opportunities for us. 
these guys just didn't give anything up. I mean, we, we, we the press was still there, but they're just so comfortable in possession. They knocked the ball down the field gradually, kind of building up, building up. You heard the Olays in the 20-ish minute range, which is usually reserved for very late on. But you're saying, like, yeah, they're connecting 20, 30 passes at a time, leading to chances they can also play direct. We saw examples of that last night. They just have such a weaponized team, and they can attack you so many different ways. And we just had no answer for it last night. That midfield was just run through. I think Blum missing definitely hurt. And you're playing Leuven and Vasilev in positions where I don't feel like they excel as much. They, uh, there was talk that maybe their goaltender was a bit of a weakness for them. But when you don't get a whole lot of high-quality chances, I mean, you know, they were sort of blasting shots from well outside mm-hmm. the box and just trying to maybe get some spin or catch a catch a break somewhere. And I'd say he played pretty good. Yeah, he took one off the chest. Oh. We had such a great angle at that. Did you see that? Yeah. It was crazy. Absolutely. I mean, he had we had a couple rips, but like I, I was taking notes this morning and rewatching it. Like, oh, Leuven with a shot from forty-five yards. Indy with a shot from thirty-five yards. Like we didn't have anything that actually made it on net inside the eighteen, I believe. Uh, and Celio might have gotten one at oh, the Celio end there because yeah, he, he was bringing some good flair. Yes. Otherwise, we had nothing besides the deep shot. Did we get the expected goal percentage on those shots? Oh. Or? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I do not look Jake. <laughs> Feel free to do a little research. I'm going to go ahead and say that our XG was like negative 12 because we didn't create anything. No, I don't. Can you do negative? <laughs> no, you can't. Oh, okay, sorry. You can't do negative. I bet it's below one, though. Below wow. one. I would sure. put theirs. They're probably up at like a 2-5. One, the one inside off the inside of the post on Berkey, they had a couple chances that they were almost sitters and they should have finished. This oh, game could have been 6-0. It could have been a thrashing. It, it definitely should have been worse at half. You made a good point. I mean, I just... Going at 1-0, I mean, we had a, a slimmer of hope, like where we could turn this around if we, you know, just happen to convert one of our chances, maybe a set piece. But it just wasn't to be. It just wasn't clicking. We everything in there in their final in their third when we were in the attack, it was all horizontal. We we could not advance four after a certain point. We couldn't find anyone's feet. We couldn't go over the top. They just locked it down. They had a good little middle low block going and. It was it was a short short night for the attack. There just wasn't much to look at. I don't even remember like did Nico Gioacchini touch the ball for for any of that game? He played the full ninety, no. I think. So it's just tough tough way to go out, especially now with the break looming for the next couple weeks here. I uh, just got a text. Oakville Hoosier chimes in and says, "How about Stroud? He fell over the ball oh. in the box." <laughs> Yeah, that one that one hurt. I was I was standing. I like stood up. I'm like, oh, he's gonna do it. And, like Stroud's gonna be our hero here, and we might get in this. No, I, I don't know if he just tripped up. Like someone didn't cut the one blade of grass long enough or whatever. I he just fell. I I mean, it happens. It's tough, and it's definitely tough. in one that Jake mentioned. Now we what 23 days before we play again. So he's gonna yeah. have to think about that one for a bit. So I mean, this team though, it is worth pointing out that they're very good, and you said that they are one of the highest priced yeah. teams. Uh, that has played together. So it would have been. I didn't. What was the line actually? Do you know what the? We were. They actually moved down. They were like plus one forty, one seventy somewhere in there. We were plus two ninety. Uh, wow. Just money line. I think us tie or win was minus one fifty. Which if it gets around even money, we usually hammer it. Um, I actually didn't. I was waiting to see what our lineup was to make sure that we actually had a full team. By that point, I couldn't get to Illinois because we were already at the stadium. But so I didn't throw any bets down. I was trying to get them live. Glad that my tax weren't going through. So <laughs> <laughs> now, can you bet against your heart, or is that a no? No, yeah, I, definitely no. If I, never if bet if betting against my heart would just be not betting, and I'll just, I'll just <laughs> accept the fact. Like if we were play, like if we were playing Real Madrid, I would just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> not, and I wouldn't like take 
bar us to even score. I'd just be like, all right, if we get one, hell yeah. So you're not a, you're not itching for action, is what I'm. No, I, I try to reserve <laughs> it. I, I've I've learned that I should only bet on games that I'm watching and like don't bet on like ping pong at night when you're sleeping. I did wake up to see if you won. Like COVID was a dark time. Didn't do that. You learn from experience. Exactly. Justin yeah. has bet ping pong at ping pong at <laughs> night. Yeah, you just like stuff over in Japan. You just wake up like oh. I'm, Twenty bucks richer. No, that I have, a couple friends did that during COVID. I did not, but yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I've bet on some overnight women's tennis matches that I know nothing about. But <laughs> I, you know, you wake up in the morning, either you have it in your bankroll or you don't. And I've, I gotta say, ping pong. That is, that's eight 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 bets off kind of talk, right? Yeah, there. yeah. There's, I mean, there's the a hotline going on? you can call for that. I will say, I have been betting a little bit of the women's World Cup, like some parlays, definitely with the uh, U.S. women's national team. They've had games where we could watch, mm-hmm. but I parlay those with games that are on at like two a.m. So then I wake up, my like, is my parlay still alive or not? So. <laughs> the thrill of the unknown. Do you have to? Because the women's team, the lines, it was minus 20,000 when we played uh, Vietnam. Vietnam. You had, to, you had to throw $200 down to win one. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to parlay it with Ireland and Switzerland and all this stuff. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can we direct that? This is great. One eight hundred. Cole, let's get the hotline on the line right now. One eight hundred gambler. One eight 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 bets off. Actually, maybe you need to go on the other side and start taking the bets. That's, the that's scary. I don't. I've tried that. The house. Not like I've done it. Like with friends. Like, oh, you want to bet that? I bet you it doesn't happen. And then if you, it can kind of snowball. So I stay out of that. We keep uh, maybe thinking that once it does become legal in Missouri, we'll make that little window right there. Mm. There's a little window next to the main door. That's I like, like it. It's Cole's bedroom right now, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna actually move it into a bedding window. About to go take a nap here soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, obviously the the uh, Columbus game is that the one. One where you look back and wonder if you started a slightly different lineup, uh, you'd yeah. like to to still be playing because you would at least have guaranteed one more game. Yeah, you see a lot of takes. I, it, it's hard. That's re, you know revisionist history a little bit now. I feel like that's but, what you do in the media. Yeah, you do. You do. It, it's <laughs> it's natural. I you know looking back, absolutely. You know knowing. If we would have gotten just five minutes to see how Club America plays, and then that would have, I think, changed our mindset about how we approached Columbus. But yeah, you, you do look back on that, wondering if you could. I mean, it, it was still close as it was, but the game—if you just watch, you know, the game flow—I still feel like Columbus deserved that. But you probably would have liked to have started your your best available eleven there, and and hope for that result versus trying to get it against Club America because it just. It didn't look at any point in that game last night like we were going to claw our way back or, or make this a, a good match. Whereas Columbus, there was flashes, but even Columbus, I feel like, deserved it. So, you know, now you look at a couple weeks break, probably doing like a mini, mid, preseason-ish type thing to stay fresh. Maybe Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get some friendlies mixed in with other eliminated teams. I saw some fun stats being thrown around. You know, we're the first to do a lot of things as an expansion team. We were the first team eliminated in the League's Cup last year. <laughs> oh, good. So, unfortunate, but hopefully we use this to our advantage. You know, there's a little spin zone maybe in there around health and legs, but yeah, it was it was a, sh- a short, short appearance for us in the League's Cup, unfortunately. 
So if it is, so they are able to schedule some friendlies against other teams. How does that protocol? <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming it, like it's not not going to be like tickets or whatever. Well, I think sure. it'll, it's just like, but it is because it's 23 days of just practicing against yourself. You got they got to find something. So I really hope so. I don't even know if it'll be open to media um, and things like that. But I don't know. I'm I'm really impressed by this Club America team. They now play Columbus on Monday. I don't watch a lot of other MLS games to be play on, so I watch us and maybe teams that we're going to play upcoming. But I think that game on Monday will be interesting because they're yes, they're both going through, but they're fighting for who's going to get the top spot. Hmm. And so I think they're probably going to throw their guys out there as as yeah. normal. It's a quick turnaround for Club America. Columbus is, hasn't played since they played us, but it's going to be a good game, and I think Club America could make a run. So is that is the most successful Mexican team in North America? Like by Correct. far, correct. I, I don't know about by far, but definitely. I mean, there's a couple of names you think about. We were talking to about this, like Shivas, you know, Guadalajara, Pachuca, uh, that that probably have names that are pretty big as well. But Club America, I think, is probably the most well known and the most supported, at least I'd say from a North American perspective. Obviously, we saw it last night at City Park. So many fans. Oh, my God. So many fans. The yellow was everywhere. And I, it was really cool, honestly, to watch you know people show out like that. I asked you guys before we, we came on, you know, what percentage of the uh, fans last night you thought were native to St. Louis versus that came in to see this. I mean, that even though I don't know what the percentage was, you guys can – you know, make an estimate on that. Watching the game, you felt like they were the loudest of anyone there. And they had the most reason to cheer, yep. too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but they also, so they play, Jake mentioned it, Estadio Azteca holds 87,000 fans down in Mexico, Mexico City. So, you know, they pack it there. They travel extremely well. You saw the smoke. You saw the flare. They were sprinkled in. We talked about it before we came on. It's like, also yellow just pops, though. I still feel like it was 90% City fans. I thought we did really well. We talked about it in the preview that Taylor Twelman mentioned in a game earlier in the week that the U.S. national team they'll be watching this to be like, oh, if St. Louis can hold off Club America fans from really overtaking this, might be a spot to throw some like World Cup qualifying games and things like that. So I thought we did pretty well with it. Yeah, to me, it feels like a proof of concept that was successful because you look at the allocation, yeah, City fans to Club America, we we had way, way, way the majority, for sure. But I, your question more about how much of that was local fans coming out to watch Club America versus those traveling, I have no idea where to even start there. I know they do travel really well with a traveling contingent, but I have a feeling there's just a lot of Club America fans that you don't really see bopping around St. Louis because no one talks about it. There's I don't Are there other Club America bars? Is, is there access to the game? I don't know where they show on the networks even in, in the U.S. This was also the first time that I had seen you said there was vendors outside of the stadium like on corners of streets selling Club America stuff so like when we play like Austin FC on August 20th there's not going to be people selling Austin stuff it was kind <laughs> of cool to see like, these fans are legit it was yeah. awesome well you know you got to strike while the iron's hot and if you know that you got uh, a fan base showing up I would be Printing those jerseys too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then we've talked about it with some of their stats: ninety-three goals, four and forty-two games. These guys. I mean, this is they're one of the most history or storied teams in Mexico. But just right now, they're hot. I mean, in their clubs the year, the January to May, they're nine, one and seven. Oh wow! So these guys, one we, loss. This yeah. was yeah, one loss. People are not really understanding like. When we played this team, it's like, oh, it's one of these small in-the-season in tournaments. doesn't really matter. Like, no, this was a significant game, and, like, people were pretty hyped about it if you followed them closely. I'd be intrigued. Uh, you should ask your, your ticket friend because they can probably – I guarantee you they got the data on it, but they can look at billing zip code 
for when you purchase a ticket and you use that credit card or whatever, what percentage of those zip codes are local? I'd, I'd like to, I'd be intrigued by that number because it, it looked like a hell of an atmosphere. I mean, I know that city fans, it's not fun to go down there and see your team kind of get whooped like they did, but it once again really just proves that the soccer. Uh, the soccer takeover is is legit. It's real. It's Ooh. global. I mean, North America is. I mean, you look. Yeah, you look to the south. Those fans are insane. Like this is ingrained in their in their blood. Like this is what they do. We should have seen after the game was over last night because we had those those seats. We're next to the bench for Club America, and the amount of kids and adults that are screaming these players' names and trying to get them over to sign jerseys and to take pictures and selfies. You think we do that as Americans? It's a whole different level, like oh, close to worshiping, I feel like. You just feel like this is their religion almost, which is crazy. Did you see the, after the game, the kid ran across all the way from the other side yep. of the field, ran all the way over and gave a hug to Kionis, and he gave him his jersey and like signed it and gave it to him before he got taken away Small by security. Kid. But yeah, <laughs> give it like kid. I was going to say, huh? I guess that's acceptable. Yeah. You just run out onto the field. Yeah. Some people were asking, like, how much would it take for you to run out there? I'm like, I, I can't. Not Jake would kill me. Like, oh, ball watching, like, it just. Just dead. <laughs> Is it worth a night in jail? Yeah, and never being allowed back in City Park. I would say. I went. How how young was the kid? Clearly, pretty young. Pretty young. I, yeah, young enough to where if he got tackled, there would have been some some suits. I mean, there have been some legal suits. Yeah. Absolutely, like so he was the, really young. The guy gave, gave him a a jersey. He gave him his, yeah. his jersey that he wore in the game. And then wow. he's, yeah, it was kind of worth it for the kid. Like, I, I mean, I, well, I don't yeah, even know. Absolutely. Just so you get like a slap on the wrist. Like, just don't do that. It's not going like, to what are you do. Wow. Exactly. So, youthful innocence. You yeah. know, he didn't know any better. <laughs> Maybe he was, was a smart dad. It's like, hey, I can't do it, but you can. <laughs> Go get yeah. it. Green Go. light. That's awesome. Uh, why did their coach get a yellow card? I, no one really quite could figure that out. You guys were right behind the bench. I, we, we, I mean, yeah, we were literally 10 feet from this guy. And he was doing some weird gestures. He was super mad about one call, which. I mean, controversial at best. Like it was, a, I think it was a bang bang, either corner or a foul. And he was super mad, and he was whining to the fourth official, who's the fourth official sits between both benches, and they, and he or she communicates with the the two linesmen and the one actual official who does the officiating in the game. And I think the fourth official told on him, and, oh. and, and summoned the main referee over, and then he gave him the card. I think he was just bugging him, and he's like, "This guy." He might have said something too. He was super animated, very very animated coach. Which he's Brazilian, obviously. South America also super into the game and I feel like the when you get into that level those people they're so much more animated about soccer and uh, obviously very skillful as well but there's there's almost like an art form like a performance to it from some of these players and coaches in South America sounded like uh, on your guys's um, little preview that you thought maybe the size advantage city could could utilize their size when you just don't get any action going, it you don't even get enough set pieces to try to use that size. And they've been so good with their set piece goals this year, but even on the few corners that they had, they just weren't really competitive chances. And size can only matter if you can catch up to the guy. I mean, we were chasing shadows with some of these guys. They were dancing around, literally just weaving between our lines and you can't use clinic. that body until yeah it's and that's what's tough is like josh yarrow and tim parker huge guys but if they can't get a, close enough to touch the guy they you can't knock him down you can't foul him so you can't stop him so yeah it's something that we i just didn't think these guys would be that fast being on the field and the box that we were that close it was shocking yeah sounds like a hell of an experience you guys had last it was it, it honestly i look back on it positively 
because it was fun to stack yourselves up against a team like that and see really where you stand. And it's a reminder that we still have a long, long way to go. And these are some good teams, but you see the reverse as well. I mean, the MLS is dishing out some whoopings on, on some Mexican teams as well. And if you ask any Mexican team, official staff, player, no one would give the MLS an ounce of credit as it compares to their league. And I think the parity and the balance is getting closer and closer, if not reaching parity. Like, we'll see. League's Cup, I'm going I'm to keep following to see what happens here because I think this is how you kind of benchmark yourself. Like, where do you stand? Because the Me- Liga Mekis definitely would consider themselves superior to MLS. And I just don't think it's that clear anymore. Huh, so that'll be interesting to see yeah. how far MLS teams can mm-hmm. go. How This is the first year League's Cup. Yeah, the first installment like this, this huge format. They've had some smaller iterations, like eight, four teams, but this is the first big tournament like that. And how long will the tournament actually go? I mean, obviously City's going to get 20-plus days off here, but if you do advance... Uh, what? How long is this thing expected to, to go for? It ends before our next before we play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's so that's like every other team. Like if you, that's why I was really hoping that we'd push for this because, like, I mean, yes, it's nice to have a little bit of a break, but it's not like the open uh, the open championships that we were playing in to where like, oh, they're shoving games on a Wednesday when you're already playing Saturday to Saturday. Like, no, now we're done. Every other, the whole MLS is off until this thing is done. And same with Mexico. Both leagues are paused domestically. There's no games going until this tournament is done. So I don't know the the, the final dates. It's definitely published, but I bet the final is two or three days before both leagues are scheduled to resume play. Uh, this is going to be a tough question, but Klaus, I mean, any any update? He made the roster. We talked about this last week, I know, with you, but he made the roster for League's Cup, has still not made a game day selection, and I feel like it's been very, very quiet on the Klaus front. We know Nilsson's going to get some minutes with the two-team this weekend, which is nice, so the center back finally making some competitive minutes. Even if it's with City 2, I'm happy about that, to have that timetable. I just feel like this Klaus situation is just wrapped up in a top-secret, classified mm. mystery right now. I just I haven't seen him. He was doing stories yesterday on Instagram that Justin and I saw, like, nothing about the team. I have no idea what's going on, but more and more time ticks away, and we, we've played so much without him. I honestly kind of forget what it's like to have a guy like that on the team. It's been since, what, April, like, middle April? It's, it's too almost, long, dude. I mean, we're into, I, almost, we're into <laughs> August. It's we're too into long. August, and... He, he's barely a thought at this point. We just I don't remember life with him anymore. So I don't know. I, I expect him if we have eleven games left. So Austin's the eleventh, and then we go on a run. Basically, our final ten. I it just putting a we, and you guessed Justin. You'd be back earlier, and I was being really conservative because this situation is just spiraled and spiraled. I'm not expecting to see him maybe the last five six games of the season. What if I had to be conservative? Yeah, I I would be. I'm going to be pretty pissed off if he's not playing in that Austin game in my opinion like now he has a straight month with the rest of these guys like just get this guy ready I know we'll have Thorns to two which is nice like we're gonna be adding a little firepower there but I'm slightly concerned that now that we have 23 days off we're gonna I can see the headlines now like oh top of the table lose two straight games giving up six goals six goals we plummet and somehow sneak into the playoffs that is my absolute nightmare right now it's just, it's just having three weeks off with, like, if we don't get practice games, you're practicing by yourself. That's an awful, like, middle-of-the-season break. I kind of like when Justin gets pissed off. <laughs> it happens I mean, I it every day on the air, so, you know, it's nice to see somebody else. You should follow us around for a day. It happens very <laughs> frequently. Who's <laughs> Jordan Hicks? Who's licking Jordan Hicks' boots? Clarity. <laughs> Clarity, sorry. This I was like, clown called me a wimp. He says he can't even catch a ball. <laughs> I was cracking up out there. Gosh, tough. Now, Chris, I love you. I'm sorry. We can all get along around here. Uh, um, all right, so what? What now? What do you? What are you guys? Podcast? Gonna? You gonna keep? 
Yeah, I, 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 we've committed to doing some level of, of League's Cup, you know, updates and information. I'm sure, I, like I said, we're, I'm still going to watch it. I'm sure you'll still watch it as well. It's just interesting. And the games have been actually really fun to watch, to be totally honest. I was not expecting the level of competition. But probably going to continue to watch that. Some Women's World Cup as well we're going to continue to cover. And probably just see what happens in terms of news. The transfer window is still open for the team, so I don't know if they're done in the market yet. Obviously, they made the signing last Friday uh, with, with Thorson joining the team, but that might not even happen in terms of like visas until it's all sorted out. So we'll stay you know, on the news and, and see as much as we can and maybe do some you know, sporadic content here and there. But it's, it's going to be a dead period. We'll see how well they use this time to get healthy, get fresh, and hopefully arm up to just crush those last 11 games of the season and cement home field. And we're working on a couple of fun interviews as well, yeah. but I'll probably block Jake's number for a week. Just, to, <laughs> just to some get separation. Little, yeah. need a little like, break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get it. You know, a little vacation time. Get Mozaloc back on uh, the podcast. I, oh, I have a man. feeling that there's plenty of people wanting to talk to him. I yeah. think we're going to be pretty low on the list. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, disguise your call. Be like, hey, what's the Dodgers? You know, yeah. we're looking to trade. We need Arnado. Arnado. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, Justin J. Jake, uh, follow the podcast at Ball Watching STL on Twitter. Uh, catch it on YouTube. It's all over the place. These guys do a great job, and uh, the content never stops. You guys are are unbelievable in the amount of content that you produce. So we try. Yeah, we thank try. you. Well, thanks for having us again. You got it. Uh, we will see you all next Friday. Sounds, Sounds good. Crazy. All right. Thank you, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> He's so enthused. He's got a big hey, show coming up. It's the same routine at the beginning and end of every show. I'm on four shows today. Yeah. Well, you know, you could be roofing. It's just radio, baby. <laughs> we'll have an exciting weekend, all right? Trade yes. deadline. It'll be fun. Exactly. There all right, go. y'all. Take it easy. We'll talk to you Monday. See you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.